This is our number two of the John and Leah show. This is the program where we take a look at the news of the week, the events of our often bizarre lives, and we do so in a way that's entertaining, informative, and unique. My name is John Zickler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Still lots to go here in this hour number two of a three-hour program each and every Sunday night. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com, where you can check out each and every one of the 24 different radio stations across this formerly great nation of ours, which carry this program on a weekly basis. I want to start this, this hour off, Leah, with a continuation of our conversation regarding Donald Trump's big speech on illegal immigration coming off of a morning visit with the president of Mexico. The, the, the visit with the president of Mexico, to me, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure um, how significant it really is in the long run. It certainly was good for him to look presidential and be able to get through an event like that without being the bull in the China shop. I thought and, it was great. I okay. thought it was, you know, I, I don't I don't wait. I'm not waiting for him to fail. I thought he was actually pretty good. Fair enough. If you thought he was good, that's fine. As far as the speech, though, here's the here's the thing I'm confused by. Maybe you can help me out. The first is, after all these trial balloons, where he's literally pulling an audience and making implications that his new plan, first of all, is not going to have a deportation force and is going to be a lot like what President Obama's is, only with maybe a little bit more energy. To me, all this indicating that, frankly, he's just... Please. Because he's behind and his people are telling him he's in big trouble and that his immigration position is causing him issues, especially with suburban white voters, especially married women in the suburbs of Philadelphia. And he can't win without Pennsylvania. And so he's trying to figure out what his new position ought to be. The idea that you're coming up with a new position on your signature issue in the middle of a a general election campaign after your conventions is just bizarre to me. Before we get into the substance of it, why would you believe anything he has to say? I mean, this guy is a pathological liar who who lies about everything and anything based upon what his self-interest is at the time. So why are you so willing to buy hook, line, and sinker to this newest version of his immigration plan? Why? Because it's better than Hillary's. But he, he's lying to you, Leah. It's better than Hillary's. He's lying to you. She's at least so, might be telling the truth. She, she's telling the truth, but, and it's going to be horrific. And let me tell you. Let me tell you how horrific it's going to be. If if somehow Trump is elected, and I'm right that this is all bullcrap, that he doesn't believe a damn thing, just like he told the New York Times off the record that his whole immigration stance was just for show and just for the primary and 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 his 2013 editorial he wrote for CNN in which he's in favor of open borders across the world and his criticism of Mitt Romney in 2012 for being too hard on illegal immigration for his self-deportation comments maybe that's the real Donald Trump and then when he's elected assuming that happens which I don't think it will but if it did which is what you're hoping for because you think he's going to be the savior in illegal immigration guess who has far, far greater chance of passing an amnesty bill than Hillary Clinton could ever dream of because Republicans will not be able to buck him on this issue if he is somehow elected. So what you're doing, Leah, whether you realize it or not, you're trusting a guy you shouldn't trust. And even if if he gets elected, 
if he betrays you, you're going to be in far, far worse shape than if Hillary got elected. That's the well, fact. That's just the okay, reality. Okay, here's the fact. The fact is that Hillary Clinton wants to bring terrorists into our country oh, yeah. fivefold more mm-hmm. than Obama. Mm-hmm. Now, I haven't heard one thing from Donald Trump wanting he's, to do that. He's a liar. He, he, okay. he doesn't believe any of this. Okay, he, so he, I'm supposed to take her... At her word, which is horrific, Leah, because no matter no. what that is, Donald Trump's going to be worse. No, what I'm telling you is there's no reason to believe him and that it's dangerous to believe him because he would actually have more power to screw you on this issue than Hillary could ever dream of because of the political realities. But let me, let's me let go to the political realities of this campaign for a second, because you and I are never going to agree on that on that issue, because you want to no. believe this, and I get that you want to believe it. It's a it's an intoxicating thing, and Trump knows he's got you, too. I'm Trump sick knows of he's Democrats got you controlling the borders. I'm uh, okay, sick of well, it. Well, that's fine. I am, too, but I, you know the reality is Trump's not the guy to trust. We had plenty well, of other- He's all we got. Well, what we, am I going to do? Uh, well, you know what? That's an, <laughs> Unfortunately, we're in a really, really bad spot here. But let's go to the let's move on to the political ramifications of the speech and his change or whatever his position is today. And by the way, related to that, you do acknowledge this is the, the part of the brilliance, if you will, of of Trump's maneuver this week. Not only was it amazing media manipulation, the likes of which even Barack Obama could not pull off. That's how good Trump is at media manipulation and more power to him. It's it's been it's amazing to watch somebody with an R next to their name be able to pull this off. It's a shame he's not a real Republican, but you got to give my hat off to him for manipulating these bastards in the news media like he does. But that being said, you do realize that his speech this week, within it, held a massive change in his plan against illegal immigration and, and frankly, eliminated a, an incredibly important centerpiece of that, which is there are no longer going to be any deportations of people who have not committed violent crimes while in this country illegally. How do you feel about that, Leah Brandon? Well, look, we talked about this last week. How We're do you... going over the same stuff. I said but now last we know week, we now we know it, Leah. So tell me well, what it doesn't matter. There was that was never going to happen. It oh, was going to get tied so... up in the courts. It was going to be a freaking <laughs> okay. nightmare. So How can you deport so it eleven million? It, so it doesn't matter. I don't care to you. about that. So it I want to you. it. So, I so it want the you that flood stop. Okay. So it doesn't. Let's let. So this is amazing to me. So you're acknowledging the guy, bald face, lied to you in the primaries, but. You're going to believe everything else you want to believe about him because it sounds so wonderful and sweet to Look, your ears. Would I love he lied to deport to all he those lied people? To you. Well, you know, maybe he now knows it can't be done. Uh, well, guess what's going to happen? Once he gets into office, if a miracle happens, he's going to realize, you know what? That wall thing that I told you that was going to get built, yeah. It's really hard too. That's not going to happen. Mexico's I got a better shot at it. stopping the flood with Donald Trump than I do with Hillary Clinton, no, and that is the truth. Uh, and period. Uh, I don't think you do, but you can. Well, you can feel better. That's about you. my but, point, but, and I'm go- I'm going with okay, it. Okay, so so we acknowledge now that he lied about a, a central piece of his plan, which was he was going to deport. All whatever. illegal immigrants. What do you mean, whatever? That's how I mean, he won. Why do we have to keep going over the same thing? Because now, Leah, this is the first show we've done since we now know for sure 
that that's that he lied before we suspected it. Now we know he lied. A centerpiece of his campaign was I'm going to deport all illegal immigrants. and Everybody else in this campaign is a wuss and a wimp because they're weak on the border. And I'm the guy with balls down to my knees. And you can trust me. I'll never let you down. Oh, by the way, now it's a general election. I realized it's going to be tough. Um, I'm taking that out, but I'm going to give you a speech that in tone still seems like my balls are down to my knees and I'm going to fool you because I got you all, you all duped to begin with. And I know you got no place to go because my opponent is Hillary. And so now I can soften. And if you want to think I'm softening, I'm softening. If you don't want to think I'm softening like Laura Ingram and Leah Brandon, I'm not softening. So I can get the most of both worlds that that's, Trumpism in a nutshell right there. That's the okay. art of the con. That's the art of the con. He under- I'm going with him. I'm not going with Hillary. I understand that, Leah, but you're going to get burned regardless. Either way, you're going to get burned. Well, um, but, but I, I mean, still, I don't I still, have still, a choice. What, what am I going to do? Well, there's, This there, is it. You can I, beat me over the head as much as you want. I'm still never voting for Hillary. When did I ever try to get you to vote for Hillary? Or Gary Johnson, who's a freaking nightmare. No, no. When, when have I ever? I've never tried to get you to vote for Hillary. I just want no, you to. I just want you, you to understand. I just want you to understand that you're voting for a con man liberal who will screw you in a heartbeat if he's and ever that's elected different president. Different than Hillary Howe. Um, the difference is we get. But well, there's two differences. Two differences. One, he'll have, as I keep telling you, which you refuse to acknowledge. He will have far greater, would have far greater power to get something done in Congress because of the R next to his name than Hillary would, because no Republican's ever going to vote for anything that Hillary supports on the issue of illegal immigration or anything else, for that matter, because she'll have no coattails, she'll have no honeymoon, she'll be powerless, and if we were smart, we'd try to protect the Senate and let her fail and in four years beat the hell out of her. But we're too dumb for that. Let's let's go with the liberal con man, and let's us get blamed for everything he does if there- Somehow, do miraculously ticket gets elected. D, and we're right. never going to hold on to the Senate right. that way. Right. Straight ticket well, actually, D. The, poll, the polls are not indicating that, Leah. But when we come back, I want to understand the, the political calculus behind this speech because it doesn't make sense to me. We'll do that, and we'll continue on with the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. A couple more thoughts on Donald Trump's speech on illegal immigration. And my confusion, by the way, one other point before my political confusion, Leah, and I know you're not going to care, but it's important to point this out. When, When Donald Trump is claiming that we all know, law enforcement knows where these one to two million criminal illegal aliens are and we can round them up within an hour of when I start to, when I take office and we're going to get them all out of the country immediately and says believe me I mean that's basically what he's saying believe me um that's a bunch of bull crap there, there, there is that is absurd that is logistically impossible it's probably legally impossible uh, and but it's but it's all it is is an elixir for people who want to believe, oh, the bad guys. We know who the bad guys are. We're going to get rid of the bad guys because no one politically is going to disagree with that. 
Politically, that's really smart. Practically, that's fantasy land. That's a fairy tale. But that's what Donald Trump does. He sells fairy tales. That's what he's done his whole life, and he's very good at it. It's been very good for him. It'll be interesting to see if he ever gets the opportunity to make it good for the country. I have my doubts. But and make Mexico great also. Well, that was also another part of the speech that was truly bizarre. He got, he got, <laughs> I don't know what that was about. He got introduced by Rudy Giuliani and Mike. I think Mike Pence was also wearing it. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Sessions was your, your there, buddy too. Jeff Sessions was yeah. wearing a uh, Make Mexico Great Again, comma, also, also. hat. Um, which, okay, that actually is a great segue into my confusion yes. politically. Because, all right, so there's all this controversy and mystery is he softening his plan? Is he no longer going to have a deportation force? Is he still going to build the wall? Let's give him basically a second bite at his convention speech, because that's what this was. This thing was an hour and a half long. I know. Uh, brilliant. Brilliant. He gets a second, a second chance to give his convention speech. I'm sure the Hillary campaign was ripping their hair out. Oh, uh, they were having a conniption I mean, on Twitter. Because that's... But that, it's, it's, there's no, if Barack Obama had asked for an hour and a half of cable network news television time to discuss his immigration plan, they would have said, go pound sand, buddy. Right. No, yeah. thank you. So what Trump did was amazing from a media manipulation standpoint. But, okay, here's what I don't get. So after all this mystery, basically the plan is the same as we thought it was without any intent to deport non-quote-unquote criminal illegal aliens, which, by the way, I thought they were criminal just by being here since they broke into the country illegally. But I guess, you know, we're going to be PC about that even in Trump world. But OK, that's the big change. That's the softening, if you will. If you're going to do that. All right. Why do you give the speech in a tone that seems like a hardening? I mean, it, it seemed like he was firing. And that's why you love the speech. Firing yes. brimstone balls down to his knees. I am going to fix this. I'm going to get the illegal aliens out of here. We're going to get rid of the bad guys. Why do you, I don't understand. I don't know. Maybe he, uh, maybe he got, he he got taken to the woodshed by uh, Rudy Giuliani and Jeff Sessions and all of those people because uh, his message was getting, you know, kind of screwed up. Look, Zick, here's the bottom line that you're missing. Please. I'm so tired I'm just tired. Uh-huh. Okay? I don't have any fight left in me anymore. Okay. I talk to tons of people who feel exactly uh-huh. the way I do. Right. The only fight that we have is that we'll be damned if we're going to live uh, with another four to eight years of this uh-huh. crap coming from the Democrats. Uh-huh. So it, so you going in and analyzing every single microsecond uh-huh. of Trump's world is never going to affect anybody. I don't They're care. tired. I don't, I don't care about if I'm not, I'm fully aware I'm not affecting anybody because you all have a disease. I get it. We're, you, you, we're you, tired. You, no, no you, you believe this liberal con man, and that's a no. disease. There's nothing I can do about that except when this is over— Know that I have warned you, and that I'm right, and I still. And, and I we'll still... say she would have been worse. No, uh, we're not going to see that. Um, more on this when we come back on the John and Leah show.
Welcome back. This is the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Check that out for my latest columns for Mediate, including several that relate to the topics for this particular show. Also an update on the odds for the presidential election and how you can check out each and every one of the 22, 24, actually, different radio stations that broadcast this show on a weekly basis. Before we move on to other topics and a couple related to the race for the White House 2016, I still didn't fully get the, the opportunity to articulate my confusion over the political goals of Trump's speech on illegal immigration. I get why they chose the plan that he did. It's amazing that he got a second bite of the apple on what was supposed to be his primary issue and the issue that clearly won him the Republican primary. But Trump is really good at getting treatment that nobody else can get and more power to him. That's fantastic. He's an amazing manipulator of the news media. I will absolutely give him that hands down. I think he's better than even Barack Obama. But I didn't understand who the audience for the speech was because while there was a small softening, although I think it was significant, and that is we're not going to deport illegal aliens that haven't committed another crime once we're here. That, to me, is a significant softening. I never believed either, Leah, that he was ever going to deport anybody, a large wholesale, like he claimed that he was. That was ridiculous. But no one called him out on that, including Rush Limbaugh, who I'm going to get to in a moment because there was a fascinating situation that occurred with him on this subject on his show this week that caused a, a lot of backlash for Rush Limbaugh. But if you're gonna if you're gonna do a slight softening, your the tone that Trump used was anything but soft. And maybe he was afraid. You tell me what you think, Leah. Maybe he was afraid that if he provided a soft tone with the elimination of the deportation force, that his fans would see this as a significant softening. But if you if you give a softer plan with a harder tone. You might be able to fool people into thinking, wow, boy, he's just as stiff as he's ever been, and you can get away with it, which is, I think, what he did. But but who does he gain politically by that? I don't understand it. Who is the new voter for Donald Trump based upon that speech on Wednesday? Who is it? Because I can't figure it out. Can you? Uh, No. I mean, look— <laughs> That, to me, is the way Donald Trump is about illegal immigration. I mean, that's the way he usually handles it. Yes, he was on with Sean Hannity. And yes, he polled the audience. But what we saw was what he usually does. So, I mean, I don't know. Look, no one with any brains honestly believes that he is going to soften an immigration stance and pick up any more voters. It's not happening. If you're for illegal immigration, you're going Democrat. That's the bottom line. So for me, for him to deliver it in a way to try to get, we're always so, you know, 
soft on this stuff. The Republicans have been trying to bring Latinos over by softening the immigration. It doesn't work. Okay? It just doesn't work. I'm glad he didn't do it because he'll chase away what he already has. I think he's more concerned about keeping what he has than picking up new ones on this topic. And I think, Leah, reading between the lines of your analysis, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't want to misinterpret what you're saying, but I think you're right. I think what happened is they put up the trial balloon, they got a little bit more blowback than they anticipated, who knows what Jeff Sessions said, but Ann Coulter, you know, at first took a shot at him, then realized her entire book in Trump We Trust is is on the line. And Stupid. She, she's completely tied to him. And uh, Sarah Palin took a little bit of a shot. And and I, I didn't think there was that much blowback, but there was there was some that, oh, my gosh, maybe what they realized was that if he completely abandoned and was seen as totally softening, that it would go to making him seem inauthentic as well as maybe piss off some of his base. And so that based upon where they were after the trial balloon, this was the best way to go by trying to thread this needle that, frankly, I don't think can be thread. And on this entire subject, see, part of why you and I don't see eye to eye, even though we agree philosophically on illegal immigration, is that I've already accepted that we've got cancer and it's inoperable. And it's politically inoperable because we don't have the political will to ever even conceive of deporting the 15, 20, 25 million people who are already here illegally. And so I never believed for half a second that Trump was telling the truth when he said during the primaries that he would deport everybody. But what worries me, and he said it himself, is how malleable he is on everything. We, we play this all the time. I'm very capable of changing to anything I want to change to. This is the way he works. This is his M.O. Whatever Donald Trump you need at that moment, that's who Donald Trump is going to be. And that's why I don't trust him. Not also the fact well, that he's I think if he's going to add some votes, they clearly have switched gears since then. It's no longer about immigration. They're not going to add votes with immigration. There's, it's impossible. Right. Now, the way that they can add votes is by going after the African-American community. And that's what they're doing. Well... I wrote a column uh, about that sort of today, uh, which you can check out at freespeechbroadcasting.com and on my Twitter feed and on my Facebook page, about the issue of birtherism. See, to me, Trump jumping on birtherism, and I don't want to get into the details of it because it's in the column. If you want the details, check it out, freespeechbroadcasting.com. But birtherism, in my view, should it be a disqualifier for Donald Trump to even remotely sniff the presidency because he got completely humiliated on that. And it's also going to destroy any chance he has uh, of ever getting any major inroads into the black uh, voter population. He he went after the first black president in a way that is easily interpreted as racist, claiming he wasn't an American-born citizen, and he flat out was. And I'm sorry, there's no way. There's no way to recover from that. And, yes, but um, didn't uh, Hillary Clinton get busted this week for actually being the one to float the fact that no, uh, he— <laughs> No, that's a right-wing—that is a—see, that is—God, you know, it is so frustrating that we live in a post-fact world. It really is. You must be crazy. When are you going to stop believing in something that isn't true? Here's the reality, right? It, it, there, there is absolutely evidence 
that birtherism began among leftist forces. All right. Now I'm talking about the can the uh, Muslim thing. What Muslim thing? That he's a Muslim. Right. No, no, no. That I did a whole freaking film on this. Hillary Clinton was asked on 60 Minutes, do you believe that he's a Muslim? And she said, no, not that I'm aware of in a way that was clearly intended to be no. Yes, maybe. No. Oh, God. I'm so sick and tired of this. I'm so sick and tired of this. Go watch the tape yourself. She she said no, but how is she? Then she she clearly realized how is she supposed to know what's in somebody's heart, or because that's what your religion is. It's what's in your brain and your heart. So she then, in an effort to try to protect herself from, from having said she knows that Obama is not a Muslim, to saying not as far as I'm aware of. Because how in the world could she possibly know? And 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 by the way, it was the second time she answered the question. So it's it's in my freaking movie, which you saw, media malpractice. She got hosed over that because the media wanted to take her out because they wanted Obama to win the primary because he was a better story, a better narrative. He was better for ratings. Oh my God! All right, now a large part of Jeez, a large part of this. I'm sorry that I know the facts on these things, but and the facts actually matter to me. I'm sorry. It's a disease I have. I'm sorry. Right. I, I, I do remember that. I, I do remember it. And, you know, I'm sorry, but I had a different interpretation. Okay, fine. Okay? I just did. That's fine. Anyway, I'm sorry that I have not yet adjusted to this fact-free uh, or post Correct, because I'm just world. an idiot. I have no idea what I'm talking I about. I never said that, Leah. I said, <laughs> I said that we're living in a post-truth world where truth right. is whatever you want to make it. And whoever, right. and because you can always find something that's going to back you up, no matter how crazy your belief is. Thus, Alex Jones is now considered credible in conservative circles when he's a 9-11 truther conspiracy tinfoil nut job. All right. Anyway, part, a large part of the narrative of, of, at least from my view, of what transpired to make Trump the nominee is that the conservative media went completely in the tank for him because they saw it was in their interest. It was in their short-term rating interest. It was a much more interesting story. I think some of the conservative media didn't really believe that this little fire they were going to play with was going to turn into an inferno, and then once it turned into an inferno, they wouldn't be able to control it. I would like to believe that that's part of what happened. I would like to believe that that's what happened with Rush Limbaugh. This week, Rush Limbaugh got completely exposed in a way that I have never heard of him being exposed on his conservative flank, when a guy named Rick from Los Angeles called into his program and skewered him over this issue of Trump's immigration plan and the issue of Trump lying in the primaries about deporting everybody. And in the midst of this call where Rush is getting shellacked, Rush happens to, oh, by the way, mentioned that he never believed Donald Trump on his deportation plan, or on much of his illegal immigration plan, which was a startling revelation because Trump, because Rush never let us know that. He never said that, and people have re- researched it and looked for it. In fact, they've only found circumstances where Rush actually backed Trump up on his immigration plan. And so this was the, the moment, and I wrote an article about it 
for Mediaite. You can check it out at freespeechbroadcasting.com. This was the Wizard of Oz, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain moment, where Rush Limbaugh inadvertently, maybe out of guilt, reveals that, oh, by the way, he didn't take Trump seriously. That's, I think those are the exact words he used. He didn't Trump take Trump seriously during the primary campaign. And it's my opinion, Leah, that Rush was the one guy with the power, the credibility, and the, the depth of audience that if he had really, really wanted to and really put every effort possible into taking Trump out, he could have done so. Did, by the way, did you are you even aware of, of this circumstance that I'm referring to? Did you hear about this? I am, this? and uh, we, when we come back from the break, I, I'll tell you my feelings on Rush. Okay, let's do that. We'll come back on the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Before we move on to other topics, and there's a lot I want to get to between now and the end of the program in about an hour and 10 minutes from now, uh, we were discussing Rush Limbaugh and a caller that he took called Rick from Los Angeles, about which I wrote in a column you can see at freespeechbroadcasting.com, which I believe exposed Rush and a lot of the conservative media on the issue of Donald Trump and what happened during the primaries. And, Leah, you wanted to chime in on your thoughts on Rush Limbaugh. Okay, so uh, I think I read your column, and I think that uh, your viewpoint on this particular situation is one that I have had on other situations with Rush Limbaugh. Um, It has become very clear to me, especially over the past two, I would say two to three years, that he is now a passive observer mm-hmm. in everything that he does on the radio. That's He's, a really good way to put it, Leah. That's a very good way to put it. He is no longer uh, the difference between Rush Limbaugh and my formerly favorite talk show host, Glenn Beck. Yeah. Uh, is that Glenn Beck will actually get involved and target people such as Van Jones, the green job czar, who he got thrown out of the Obama administration because he exposed him. That passion, that hunger, that uh, ability to take the microphone and use it for the power of good does not exist in Rush Limbaugh anymore. That's really well said, and it's a shame because, you know, I, I got into this business largely because of Rush Limbaugh. My grandfather, my late grandfather, was a huge fan of Rush's, which I'm sure is why I got out of sportscasting and got into conservative talk radio many, many years ago, back in the early 90s. I think what Rush has done is the greatest achievement in the history of broadcasting. What he's done without his hearing is the most underrated achievement in the history of broadcasting, without a doubt. It's unbelievable. But I think your passive observer description is extremely apt I used in the column, I wrote that instead of guarding the gate from the Trojan horse, he basically opened the doors, let the Trojan horse that was the Trump campaign in, and then laughed at the carnage that ensued. 
Because that's the sense I get that he's just he's laughing about all right. this. Right. He can't. And nothing matters to him anymore. Well, because he's worth tens and tens of millions of right. dollars. He right. is. He's isolated in his bubble in his compound in Florida. He is. He is more. This is not an exaggeration. Because I've never spoken to him, never met him. I've emailed with him quite a bit. I have friends who are very close to him. He is more isolated than the president of the United States. Over, bet. over a longer period of time. Because when you're president, you know, Obama's only been in that bubble for eight years. Russia's been in his bubble for probably 20, at least a dozen, if not more, uh, where, where he just doesn't live a normal life. And that has an impact. And it's a shame. And it's part of the perfect storm. It's part of this Trump perfect storm where the guy with the most power and the most ability to stop it basically sat on his hands yeah, for the reasons for the reasons that we articulated. Now, as far as where the campaign is, there was another development. There was one day this week, Leah Brandon, that I almost lost my mind based upon the news. Here were the major news stories of the day. This is all in one day. Matt Lauer is going to moderate a town oh, hall, <laughs> right? Which is hilarious because I've done three major interviews with Matt Lauer. Unreal. Uh, Penn State is, is going to honor Joe Paterno uh, in a very controversial move that shouldn't be controversial, which maybe I'll talk about now. We're number three, which has been a huge part of my life for the last four years. Georgetown University is giving reparations, which is my alma mater, giving reparations to the descendants of slaves, which we'll, which we'll talk about in the next uh, hour. And then at the end of that very same day, the Trump campaign announces that the new deputy campaign manager is Dave Bossy. Now, Dave Bossy is the guy who runs Citizens United and who was my boss on my first film, the documentary film I ever made, uh, called Blocking the Path to 9-11, which oh, you're yeah. very familiar with, which is the story of how ABC and the Clintons censored the greatest miniseries ever made, the greatest movie ever made about 9-11, called The Path to 9-11, back in 2006. Our good friend Cyrus Narasta was the, the writer of that miniseries, and it got edited out to placate the Clintons. Well, Dave Bossy is a guy I know all too well. Uh, like a lot of people I've worked with, I'm not a fan. Uh, he is a, uh, in my view, a bad person who is completely unqualified to be the deputy campaign manager of a congressional campaign. Forget about a presidential, a presidential campaign. campaign. Uh, um, and, and by the way, there, there are two other aspects of this. One is it furthers the theory that a lot of people have that the, the entire Trump campaign is just a scam to set up Trump TV. Because look at this now. You've got... You've got Roger Ailes, who, by the way, got further disgraced this week in a New York Magazine profile that is extraordinary. If, if half of it's true, Roger Ailes is a piece of trash uh, of epic proportions because of the way he treated women. But you got Roger Ailes allegedly, apparently, advising Trump, former Fox News Channel head. You've got uh, Steve Bannon, who is the CEO, who runs Breitbart and who makes documentary films. You got Dave Bossy, who runs Citizens United, which is effectively a film company. In fact, that's what the Citizens United 
infamous Supreme Court case, which is completely bogus. One of these days, I'm going to tell you the inside story of what really happened with the Citizens United anti-Hillary movie. It was a total setup. I was in the room when it happened. I was writing, I was hoping to rewrite the film, and it was all a setup to create a Supreme Court case. And this is like this is one of the most famous Supreme Court cases in modern history. Now it's all a big fraud. Uh, right. in, in order to, to generate publicity and money. Well, Bossy did that. Congratulations to him for that, but that's not how you run a presidential campaign. But now, you, so you got Bossy involved. You got Sean Hannity and Laura Ingram advising the campaign. This is, looks like it's a setup for Trump TV. Also, from a more humorous standpoint, when you take a look at the people that are now running the Trump campaign, the only the image that comes to mind is the movie The Longest Yard. Remember that movie, The Longest Yard? With Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds in it? Yeah, Burt okay. Reynolds and the prison football team. Yes, yes. The, the, the Trump campaign is now being run by the prison football team in the longest yard, which when I tweeted that, people reminded me, you know, they're the ones that won. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> That's cause, right. Because in the movie, they did win. All right, hour number three coming up next. I'll tell you about the state of the race, and then we'll get on to other topics on the John and Leah show. <laughs> 